Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Sophia, thanks for being a part of the program. You were adopted from China. Yeah. Okay. And we're sitting here talking. You got yourself to Heartlight in some way. Did the adoption have anything to do with you coming to Heartlight? Um, I think the adoption kind of affected me and my mom's relationship. I take it out on her a lot. And, like, that's part of the reason why I'm here. Like, me and my mom's relationship wasn't so good. Yeah. So, I mean, why was that an issue? Was the adoption thing an issue with your mom and you? No, I think it's just, like, always something that I've struggled with, and it was just, like, easy to take it out on my mom because she was wow. there. So, wow. Okay, so the struggle. What's that struggle? Mm, probably just, like, the abandonment part of it, like, not, mm. like, having, like, your biological parents, like, want you, stuff like that. When did you start thinking about that? Mm, probably when I was in like elementary school and like we were talking about like genetics and stuff like that. And they're like, ask your parents like about like their eye color and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I can't do that because yeah. like I don't look like my parents. Yeah, so. yeah. So did that, how did that make you feel? Do you remember back then how it made you feel? Mm, kind of like embarrassed because I'd get questions and like, as a little kid, like, you don't really know so much either, so it's just kind of, like, confusing and, like, embarrassing, I guess. Okay, so when did it? When did everything start to change for your family, that the beginning of your coming to Heartlight, what started to happen? What was going on that's kind of started all that? Um, I started getting around, like, the wrong crowd and, like, making just really bad choices and, like, getting into drugs and sneaking out a lot, going against what my parents wanted me to do. So, what do you think the drive for all that was? What was mm, driving you to do that? I think I was, it was a lot of peer pressure and like just like what my friends wanted me to do and like mm -hmm. the thought in the back of my head, like a lot of influence and like social media and like just friends and like my step siblings, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, when did it start? Um, when I was about 13, I guess, I just started doing what I wanted and all my parents wanted. <laughs> and so when they told you, hey, you're going to Heartlight, what was um, the response? I didn't know I was coming here until I, like, got here. Yeah. So I was told I was going to, like, a counseling and I'd be home back, like, I'd be back home. Oh. So I was, like, I was really angry. Yeah, they are probably and, scared a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you come here... Do you think back now and and think, 
okay, what I was doing was stupid or I can't wait to go back and do the same thing or what, I mean, how do you look back on when things started to spin out of control? How do you look at that time now? Um, I definitely do regret like a lot of the decisions I was, decisions I was making. Um, I made a lot of stupid mistakes and I do regret some of it, but like, yeah, parts of me does want to go back home and do the same things because it's part of what I know and like what I like grew up like doing. So I don't know. I do want to go back home and make the same mistakes, but at the same time, I know like it's better if I don't do that. Okay. So, I mean, so do you think it's mostly because of friends? Um, I think it started out being like my friends and then towards the end, like it was just like what I wanted to do and like, I didn't care what my parents thought or what anyone else thought. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Okay. So what could your parents have done different? You know, when you look, when you, when you look at, okay, when you were like 13 years old, Mm -hmm. what could they have done different at that time to help you? Um, I was definitely like really spoiled. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think probably if they would have started like telling me no more often and like setting up boundaries because they would let me go hang out with friends and like wouldn't hear from them for the next like two days. So it was like weekends where I would not be home or like school nights where I'd be at a friend's house. So just like boundaries and like stuff like that. So what you would want, I mean, you were sneaking out of the house doing stuff on your own. Mm Mm-hmm. But you'd want your parents to put more boundaries around you. I mean, in order for me not to make those decisions, I think boundaries would have helped. Okay, so the the greatest appeal when you were doing all this crazy stuff, what was that solving in your life? When you look back on it, what do you think it was solving? Um, I think it was temporary, like it helped me temporarily and then like, after, like, I was done, like, sneaking out or, like, having fun, like, it did nothing for me. Like, it made things with my parents worse. It didn't help me in school, so. Yeah. So do you kind of look back, okay, that wasn't the smartest thing to be yeah, doing. Yeah, it wasn't the best thing yeah. ever. Yeah. So what do you want? What do you want to do? What do you want to, what's kind of your thought about when you do go back home? Because how old are you? I'm 15. 15. So yeah. you still got another three years at home. So mm-hmm. you're going to go back, go back to the same school? Um, No. I'm prob- I want to do online school because yeah. the hours are just better for me. I hate waking up super early. And like the three and a half <laughs> hours here at a computer makes me go crazy. So <laughs> yeah, online schooling. And I want to get a job when I'm 16. Yeah. So I can like drive and like pay for my gas, stuff like that. So you're just not real excited about school? No. Yeah. Anxious to get out. Yeah. I'm like, I think ahead a lot. And like here, I can't really do that because I don't really know when I'm getting out. But I'm trying to plan just a little bit. Wow. Okay. So the major change, what major change have you seen in you since you got here? Because how long have you been here? Seven months. Seven months. Wow. Wow. Um, the biggest change. Um, I think one of the biggest changes has been like with my parents. Like I've gotten like really, really close with my dad and like me and my mom's relationship is getting a lot better than like what it used to be and like the communication's like pretty good. Yeah. And just like my overall attitude, like back home, like I was just really set on like 
what I wanted to do. So like being here like has kind of showed me like my parents' perspective and like what they want to see out of me and like just like yeah. You have brothers and sisters? Um yeah, I have two older siblings, um but they both have like their own kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Do you see them that often? Mhm. Yeah, my sister, she lives like a couple like miles away. Yeah. So she's not that far from like where my mom lives. Any younger brothers or sisters? Yeah, I have a younger niece. She's like 11. Mm. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of doing this like so like she can look up to me because I think like she has an older brother, but she doesn't really have an older sister. So she calls me like her sister. Oh, and, like, cool. I hope she looks up to me. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, you're doing well. Everybody says Thank you're doing you. really well and you're progressing along and hopefully we'll get you home pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping. <laughs> well, look, thanks for being a part of the program. Thank you. You bet. Over the years, Mark Gregston's one-liners and devotional insights have been a source of encouragement, amusement, and inspiration for people all over the world. Now, the very best of these quotations have been collected into not one, not two, but three beautifully designed coffee table books that can be given as gifts, placed in a doctor's office, or placed in your own living room. Whether you're looking for wit, wisdom, encouragement, or even a challenge to dig deeper into the vital role of parents, all three volumes of Stepping Stones will deliver. Each beautifully bound hardback of Stepping Stones is $7.99, or you can get all three for $19.99. Visit ParentingTeenResources.org to get all three volumes of Stepping Stones today. Christian, thanks for being a part of the program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you, I mean? First of all, how did you end up getting to Heartlight? What was going on that got you to Heartlight? Oh, that's a long story. Well, um, so pretty much, I came to Heartlight last August. Yeah. And the reason was I was uh, doing a lot of drugs, and my mom was passing from cancer, mm. and my dad was like. He wanted me to go to a place where I could be safe yeah. because he started seeing like the warning signs of, you know, not caring about family and just yeah, yeah. like, so he wanted to find a safe place for me and he found this place. Okay. How long had your mom had cancer? So she was diagnosed January of 2017 and she passed September 30th of wow. 2017. Okay. So, but your drug use and stuff was happening before... Yeah. Before you before you knew about your mom, right? Yeah. Um, it started about freshman year. I smoked a little weed. And the, my grandma actually got cancer then, too. Wow. And she passed. Um, it was actually January you found out, and she passed in May wow. of 2015. And I don't know. I kind of blamed it. Like, oh, I need to get out of my head. Yeah. But... I found something that I was like, oh, I can like control this. I can control when I get high. And then it ended up controlling me. For the longest time, I was really micromanaged by my mom. And it was never really like we didn't have our own decisions. And so I found something and I was like, oh, I can control this. And then in turn, it started controlling me. Wow. So yeah, that was that was probably the start, probably freshman year. Okay, so so your mom passes while you're here. Mm-hmm. And she, so that's last September. Yeah. 
How did that impact you? I don't know. It's kind of weird being here and having her pass because, yeah. I mean, I'm not at home, so I don't notice, like, she's gone. Yeah. It's kind of like she's just still at home and, like, she's still here. Yeah. So, I mean, that's tough. Um, I feel like it would be a lot more real if I was at home Yeah. because, like, that is in the home setting. But, like, when I go back on break, I'm like... You know, where is she? And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still weird. It still feels kind of weird. Yeah. But you made it through the holidays. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's always one of the toughest points, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been rough, but honestly, if I didn't really have God, and <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't be doing as good as I am right now. Yeah. He truly did bring me through this. Okay. So you're doing stuff before... Your mom's trying to micromanage him before she dies. Did you guys sit down and talk about stuff? Or mm-hmm. I was never really able to be open with her because I always felt like this sense of judgment. Because like that's always been a big thing. Like be perfect. I remember I came home with a ninety-eight percent on a test, and yeah. she said, "Why didn't you get the hundred? And I was like, "Well, darn!" Like, <laughs> I mean, I tried my best, and I got a ninety-eight. I didn't want her to know, like that I was struggling so that it would measure up like with her expectations of what I should be doing. Yeah. So do you think, oh man, I mean, cause I'm sitting there thinking, do you think that her attitude of being disappointed sometimes and, and wanting more for you mm-hmm. kind of pushed you into the drug thing as well, uh, that I, you enjoyed it because you got relief from some of it? Yeah, I I can definitely say that was one of the things. But it was more of like kind of getting out of my head and not yeah. worrying about being like the perfect person. Because like my sister, she had like good grades. She won a national championship for soccer. Like, wow. I don't know. Like we talked about it and she was like, did you ever feel like you lived in my shadow? And I was like, definitely because like yeah. you were like the child. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it kind of pressed me towards it, but at the same time, it was my own selfish manner of like, "Well, I'm gonna do this because I'm gonna get back at them." Yeah. So that was, yeah. I, I guess it kind of like pressed me towards that, yeah. and at the same time, it was my decision too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it kind of falls in. So when you end up, you know, when you find out about your mom mm-hmm. starting the cancer, was there a feeling of? Can you remember those feelings when oh, you found out about it? Dude, I like I actually drove her to the her uh MRI and like they we got a phone call like on the drive back and they were like, "Yeah, we found some masses and we're going to test if they're benign." And it turned out that it was pancreatic cancer. Oh, wow. And like at that point, I just kind of like shut off. I started not coming home for a few days cuz I was like I don't want to think about this. You know, my mom's dying. Like, yeah, I love yeah, her. Yeah, But at the same time, I don't want to think about her passing and, like, all of this cancer. And I just shut off. I would get high every day. You know, I was smoking weed, doing coke, everything. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just, like, everything to get out of my mind not to think about it. And then the, <laughs> it's funny because I would be like, oh, I want relief from this. And then... I came back home and it all piled up. And I was like, oh, I don't want to think about the pile. And then I would leave for a few more days and I'd come back and it's still there, but there was more stuff on top. Yeah. And that's when I was just like, okay, you know what? Forget this. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And I just started living for myself. And wow. yeah, I was really bad. And 
I don't know. It was weird understanding like your mom's going to pass. Did that always linger in your head? Oh, yeah. After you came to Heartlight that you knew that it was going to happen? Mm-hmm. And like I would just like distract myself by being annoying because I was like, yeah. I'm going to talk as much as I can because I don't want to think about that. And honestly, coming here, it allowed me to like sober up and like truly think and like reflect on my life. Like, yeah. Honestly, like my first week here, I was like, I don't want to be alive. Like, then I thought about it. I'm like, okay, so if I'm going to take my own life and then have two deaths in our family, how is that fair? Yeah. And then I was like, I want to be here for my dad and my family because think of how selfish that would have been for me to do that. Sure. And that's honestly what brought me through. I was like, okay, got to push that aside. And then my heart, my head started clearing up and I was like, there's so much more to life than just me. Yeah. And I look around and I'm like, I see all of like my, I don't want to call them team, my resident friends, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, we're all hurting and like we can like help each other instead of just getting in our own head and going and being selfish about it and just doing whatever we can to numb it, yeah, we can yeah. actually take it on as a group. Yeah. It's pretty cool to think yeah, about that. That is that. cool. Well, look, I know this. Um, you have changed immensely. <laughs> That's I mean, an understatement. <laughs> you know, I think clearing your head out, having some good relationships, digging into issues that you've wrestled with for a long time, Mm -hmm. getting through the feelings about your mom and getting on the other side. I mean, you'll always have those feelings, Mm -hmm. I mean, to some degree, but but I can tell you this, I know your mom would be proud of you. Hmm. You That means a lot. I really think she would. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'd tell you if I didn't think she would. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, I just go, I, I think, I mean, I think that, I do think that, that people see down from heaven and, and, um, and uh, I think you'll continue to make your mom proud. I know your dad's proud of you. Yeah. And, uh, and he's come through this thing like a trooper as well. And, oh, yes, and, he does. Uh, so it's been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Watching how God's really brought you guys to a great, great place. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Well, look, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.